The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk. Hello, my name's John Schaefer and welcome to The Wealth Show from CityWire. In this episode, I spoke with Peter Krauss, manager of Berenberg's European Small Cap and European Microcap Funds. The CityWire AAA-rated manager explains how he approaches research in a market that lacks coverage from analysts and why he is strongly averse to selling companies in his portfolio. There is a little bit of interference in the following recording, so many apologies for this in advance. Why do you think there's such a lack of broker coverage on European small caps? And why has this space been so unloved by investors? First of all, we have to to look at the European universe, which is more than 6,000 stocks with a market cap below 1 billion euro, which is huge. It's actually twice the size than the U.S. equity market. Nobody believes it, but uh, the number of stocks in the U.S. has halved basically over the last 20 years. So the hunting ground I'm looking at in European small caps is, is really huge. And um, not surprisingly, as we speak about small, small market cap stocks, the liquidity is, of course, lower. And the big investment banks, it's, it's simply about generating revenues you can do so much better in, in large and mid caps. Um, small caps is something for for the niche brokers. And um, yeah, I mean, given all the regulatory background, the number of brokers is, is declining anyway, and there's only a few. But these are very um, successful, but basically the research coverage is, is a function of, of liquidity and um, yeah, opportunities to generate revenue. So how do you as a fund manager approach research in this area? First of all, you have to boil down the investable universe to a manageable size. So you have to be very strict and very disciplined in what you're looking at. If you're like me, not looking for the next recovery trade for the next, let's say, six to 12 months, but um, you're having a very long-term investment horizon like me, more than five years, let's say five to 10 years and beyond, you have to be very strict. You have to reduce uh, the huge universe and um, exclude every stock that has not shown a good financial track record, basically everything that has not been able to um, generate shareholder value in the past. So I'm not buying venture type of stocks, I'm not buying promises, I'm buying profits, Mm. I'm buying cash, balance sheets, entrepreneurs. So um, I've developed a screening process, um, which is basically excluding all these highly highly unsuccessful stocks with binary um, characteristics. And if, if you do that, and if you're excluding all the most illiquid stocks in the market, you, you can basically boil it down to a manageable size of, let's say, a few hundred stocks. And then you have to dig deeper. You have to look at their businesses and, and their revenue models and their market position uh, at the competition, all these, these factors and management track record. And I, I'm predominantly looking at these entrepreneurial-led companies. So I'm not buying companies. I'm, I'm buying the entrepreneurs in the companies. Mm-hmm. I require them to have skin in the game. 
And um, then you have to speak to them. You have to approach them and speak about the next 10 years. What's, what's, what's their plans? And um, I'm not wasting time looking at all these distress and, and turnaround businesses, but only at the highest quality type of companies in the market. Could you give some examples of businesses you've invested in over the last 12 months? Uh, I can give you some examples over the last 10 years because, as I said, I'm not a fan of looking for the next or the last 12 months because nobody knows what's going to happen in the next 12 months. But I'm pretty confident um, to, to be able to look for companies that have been successful for 10 years and which are most likely to, to continue their successful path. There are some companies in the tech technology space, in, in the healthcare space, there are um, companies in, in industrials. I, I can mention some of the past winners, of course. Uh, no, no projections uh, about their future opportunities because nobody knows, but there are good reasons to believe they can continue. A company which has been quite successful in the last 20 years is a Swedish healthcare company called Vitro Life. The company is, is uh, one of the global leaders in in vitro fertilization, which is basically supporting couples to get healthy babies. And um, they have continuously expanded um, the number of products, the, the way they treat it, and involving software, medical technologies, uh, media, which is liquids for growing the embryos. And they have uh, permanently expanded um, geographically, China being the biggest market. So um, basically, they have gone from a few hundred millions in market cap 15 years ago to more than 6 billion euros. And the operating margin has gone up dramatically. High return on capital employed business, high pricing, high margin, fantastic CEO. So the, the, this is a, a good example of a company which has shown a fantastic track record over the last decades. And um, if you look at the market trends, these basically continue to be highly supportive for their business, not for the next 12 or 18 months only, but for the next probably five to 10 years and beyond. And are there any other examples and perhaps ones that have been more recent investments? There are only a few recent investments. Um, John, um, I'm mm. not famous for having a high turnover portfolio because I really hate selling. You know, my, my personal um, ambition is never sell, buy a good business um, and close your eyes for the next 10 years, basically. Um, I, I can give you another example from a different country, mm. um, from a different sector, which has done fantastically in the past 20 years. And again, there's good reasons to believe uh, the future is, is still attractive for them. Um, it's called uh, Interroll. It's a Swiss um, engineering company. They're um, one of the global leaders in, in, in automating warehouses and in uh, distribution or yeah, automating distribution of, of mail for mail companies and um, cargo handling at airports. They have been famous for that. And the company has, has done dramatically well before the financial crisis, throughout the crisis, after the crisis. They have a fantastic CEO, their net cash, high margins, high organic growth, um, highly cash generated. So they basically have survived all the downturns. They have emerged stronger. And um, at least in the past, um, every downturn, it was wrong to sell the stock. Actually, it was a fantastic opportunity 
create and the stock is, is still among the best performers over the last 10, 15 years. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever, from digesting market and economic data to probing new trends and ideas. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. With a proven past and an eye on the future, we bring the latest thought-provoking investment analysis and diverse ideas directly to professional investors. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco, let's advance together. Capital at risk. Looking from a more top-down approach, which regions or sectors are you particularly bullish on at the moment? Let's rephrase the question, if I may. John, where are the big opportunities for the next 10 years and beyond? I'm not, again, looking for, uh, hoping for turnaround distress type of businesses. I'm looking for innovation leaders that have the potential to be significantly higher in, in revenue, significantly larger in profits and market cap. Over the next 10 years, um, where do you find those? Rarely in financials, energy, mining, utilities, these type of stocks which are rarely growing, usually having high debt levels, low return on capital employed businesses. So um, not surprisingly, probably for you, that I'm rather optimistic to find them in, in technology, software, IT services, semiconductors, or in, in healthcare, which is uh, medical technologies, um, diagnostic companies, and, and software type of enabling companies in the healthcare space. I think um, innovation is, is not, is not um, um, being reduced, it's, it's accelerating. I think uh, what we've seen in the last two years um, innovation in, in tech and healthcare is really accelerating and there are so many good businesses which, which are really transformational in the way uh, they operate. Uh, they're replacing old, less efficient technologies, which means faster, quicker and lower cost outcomes for, for their customers. We spoke earlier about the research on this, this space and your process for due diligence. Has there ever been an instance where you've made a mistake on a, on a portfolio company, say you sort of believed in an entrepreneur and they haven't really come through for it? Absolutely. It's part of the game. Mistakes are part of the game, John. Um, particularly if, you, if, you look, if you're dealing with the future and everything I do is about the future, the past is in the price and the present is, is known. So it's about... Where have I been wrong looking at the next 10 years? And I think we have a very good example, um, which is popping up again uh, these days. Um, the way um, the, the corona measures, the restrictions and everything, of course, um, there have been great businesses in, in, in some buckets of the market where, where um, the businesses has, has basically been destroyed. Now look at the cinema operators. Some, some of them have been really great businesses. They have been squeezing out the, later, the last penny and they have been growing um, double digit by, by getting a higher share of the wallet of their visitors. But, um, and there have been no new competitors. It's, it's a mature market, but the good operators have been uh, taking market share and, and um, achieving higher margin. But then, of course, um, in, in February, March 2020, um, this unexpected uh, shock happened and their businesses are more or less 
un under attack still as we speak. So th this can always happen, you know, and uh, then I have to react and um, get, get rid of some of these socks. But how often does it happen? Um, if you're really strict, and, and I'm coming back to what I said at the beginning, if you're really conservatively grilling and really uh, strictly screening down the universe to the best businesses with the best balance sheets and the highest cash generation, um, then it doesn't really happen so often. Um, um, would you be able to give a specific example of it, though? I mean, in, in the, look, I mean, the, there are a few cinema operators like, like Kinepolis, which is still probably the best operator in Europe. They're doing all the right things. Um, they have been one of the best stocks before COVID. This would be a good example of a, of a fantastically well-managed company, um, which, which is really still struggling because of external shocks, external effects, but th there's nothing they can really do about it. Uh and going forward, um, obviously, you mentioned earlier companies that sort of distressed companies, but are there any specific sectors that, that you think should be avoided in the, in the small cap space? Depends on who you are, John, and depends on, on your investment horizon. I think the biggest mistakes an investor can do is, is going for cheaply looking, highly distressed stocks, hoping for a turnaround. But if you're a good trader and you, if you're a lucky person, you might be able to, to do lucky trades with some, some distressed banks or some distressed airline stocks. But if you're, if you're supporting my philosophy, looking for, them for, for the next big thing over the next 10 years and beyond, you will always end up in, in certain sectors, which is, again, software, IT services, semiconductors, or uh, medical technologies, healthcare-related stocks. And um, typically, you, you will find them in the smaller markets with a lower coverage, with a high, high degree of neglected research coverage like Sweden or um, Denmark, Finland. This is um, where, where I think um, you should look at. Well, Peter, thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome, John. The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk.